Welcome to the Top 8 Movies Podcast, presented by Top 8 Media. Every week we share top 8 lists from movie lovers across the globe. We also dive into actors and actresses' top 8 movies according to IMDb scores. And hear many reviews from our resident film reviewer, Mike Morgan, as he reflects on his top 8 films of each of the last 34 years. We have special edition top 8 lists on more specific topics from the movie industry. Send us your top 8 list to be read out on future episodes. Just DM us on Instagram at top underscore 8 underscore media. Thanks for tuning in and let's crack on with the show. Welcome back to the show everybody in episode 2 of the Top 8 Movies Podcast. It's just a little intro before we head into the show. So today we'll be covering my friend Lynn's top eight action movies, um, or Pacey thrillers. It's quite hard to pin down exactly what action movies are, but it's a really cool list. So me and Jessica Rose will be diving into those, and then we'll be finishing up today with the mini reviews from Mike's top eight films of 2022. So I'll read out his reviews of that, and we'll just make our way through the list and see if there are films on there that you might yeah, want to watch. Just a reminder, this is a podcast about movies from movie lovers. This is a place where we celebrate films and what they mean to us. So we're not really going to be doing the top eight bad movies or the top eight movies we hate. It's all about celebration. So generally, if me and Jessica Rose don't like something, we try and be as nice as we can about it, pick out the good stuff. And worst case scenario, we'll say, it's just not our cup of tea. And that works really well for us. Again, you know, movies are personal opinion, right? It's exactly what it is. There's no right or wrong answer here. So it's a very positive place. So we're not here for um, any negativity, any negative comments in posts and all that kind of stuff. We're just here to have a really wonderful time celebrating the art form that we love. So to kick off the show, we will be hearing from me and Jessica Rose diving in to Lynn's top eight action films. Okay, welcome back everybody. So we are now going to dive into our first ever top eight from a listener, a friend, you know, combination of everything in my life anyway. So this is Lynn's top eight action films and Pacey thrillers. Let's start off with her eighth place, which is Enemy of the State, directed by Tony Scott, starring Will Smith, Gene Hackman and John Voight. A lawyer becomes targeted by a corrupt corrupt politician and his NSA goons when he accidentally reveals key evidence to a politically motivated crime. Um, I remember this. I like Will Smith anyway, and I love this film. I thought it was really, really good. Long time ago. Have you seen it, Jess Groves? <laughs> I actually have seen this one. It is a long time ago. Kind of mm, dating myself here a little bit where I had, you know, if I rewatch it now or if it had to come, if it would have come out within maybe the past five to 10 years, maybe this would have stuck a little bit more with me good story but i think because of when it came out and how much older it is it's one of those yeah i've seen it yeah i remember it yeah it's it good but yeah we remember the ones that yeah. we remember the films that we stick with <laughs> us forever like oh my god and that's yeah. why he's listening so cool because it's people from all different age ranges different yeah periods of time and it's gonna be really interesting but yeah no i really i really enjoyed it like i said i like will smith and i thought it was a really solid story 
Um, a good, good little past lineup too on it. And Tony Scott's made some really good films. So yeah, really good. In seventh place is Blade, directed by Stephen Norrington, starring Wesley Snipes, Stephen Dorff, and Chris Christopherson. A, ham- a half-vampire, half-mortal man becomes a protector of the mortal race while slaying evil vampires. Now, what I do remember about Blade is there was a series of them. It was, it was a bit silly, but really fun. And of its time, very different. And I think that put it in good stead. How are you with vampire vampire-y stuff? Is that your cup of tea? <laughs> I, I do like vampire movies. I will say that I never I never really got on the blade train. I I was more of underworld. I'm not really sure like why. I just honestly I I don't think I've seen any of the blade movies all the way through. I've maybe seen a scene here and there in the movies. So I just, I don't know, it just didn't, didn't stick. I'm not really sure, but yeah, I don't have much, much to say about them since I haven't really seen them. No, that's fine. That's fine. That's what's really interesting about all of this. And um, mm-hmm. yeah, no, I enjoyed them. I remember, I think the second one or the third one had Triple H in it from WWE Wrestling. And I was, and I was a big wrestling fanboy. So, oh my God, Triple H is in a film with Wesley Snipes. So, um, so that was really nice. But again, super fun. Um, and if you're into vampire stuff, it has to be um, at least you know, given a try. So, um, yeah, it's a good one. It's a good one. Thank you, Lynn. Um, in sixth place is the legendary Die Hard, directed by John McTiernan, starring Bruce Willis, Alan Rickman, and Bonnie Bedalia. I'm really strong with words now. A New York City police officer tries to save his estranged wife and several others taken hostage by terrorists during a Christmas party at the Nakatomi Plaza in LA. Come on, wow. Uh, Dad's obviously a legendary film. People are like, it's not a Christmas movie, um, <laughs> and all of this stuff. But um, are you a die harder? I'm gonna lose brownie points with so many people in my life right now. Um, I've seen them all, they're good movies. But I mean, that's all I got. I'm not like, I'm not like hardcore about it. I'm not team die hard for Christmas. I like to poke the bear though when that conversation comes up, you know, when I almost play that devil's advocate side of it. But yeah, I mean, like, yeah, they were good, cool, a lot of action. But it was around a time of a lot of action films at the time, wasn't it? Yeah. So it was like a big yeah. push for it, and I think it really stuck out compared to some of the other ones. And I think that's why it did really well. And Bruce back then, you know, he was doing some legendary stuff, um, and. Yeah, you know, when it comes to three months from now when we do our Christmas special, will Die Hard be on the list or not? Will we allow it on the list? We shall find out. But yeah, no, congratulations, Bruce. Everyone's still talking about it. It's a long time ago. Um, it's really good. Uh, it's great. Uh, next up in fifth place, dropping my headphone. In fifth place is Triple X, directed by Rob Cohen, starring Vin Diesel, uh, Asia Argentino. Argentina um, and Samuel Jackson, a U.S. government recruits extreme sports athlete Xander Cage to infiltrate a Russian crime ring, which is plotting the destruction of the world. This is so of its time. You know that storyline is insane, uh, but I love it. I love it because it's so insane. But um, I really enjoy this. Vin Diesel sort of popped up on the scene around now, but I can't see him, so I just know with the Fast and Furious series. So going back, oh my god, yeah, he did do other stuff. And if I was going to pick a Vin Diesel film. Triple X, Triple X will be on there. Have you seen it? Are you? Do you like Vin? What's going on? I, you know, I'm starting to have this epiphany right now. Where I'm like, maybe I'm just not that into action movies. <laughs> um, I've seen it. 
I don't remember that much about it other than Vin Diesel. Like Vin Diesel, like, yeah, that was like a time where he was like doing all the things and all the action movies and Fast and Furious. Um, but I don't, I don't remember that much about it. I know I've seen it, but I've probably only seen it once and that was it. I don't know. So yeah, now I'm starting to think maybe I'm just not a huge action movie fan. Hmm. Or maybe action films of the time. These are all quite probably within a decade window. So. Yeah, maybe. that's a good maybe. point too. But yeah, you like we'll action, see. you know, you talk about Star Wars and all the stuff you've been into with that. And that's yeah, action but maybe as well, that's like, so. or is that more sci-fi? Because yeah. I, you know, I don't know. You're discovering stuff about yourself today. Yeah. Oh, man. Learning something new every day. Amazing. So well done, Vinny, for getting on the list. Um, in fourth place is Black Hawk Down, directed by Ridley Scott, starring Josh Hartnett, Ewan McGregor, Eric Banner, and Tom Sizemore. The story of 160 elite US soldiers who dropped into the Mongadishu in October 1993 to capture two top lieutenants of a renegade warlord who found themselves in a desperate battle with a large force of heavily armed uh, Somalis. Now, I kind of I'm into any war stuff really, and I remember this being at the time pretty awesome and it really different and it really stood out. And I yeah, it'd probably be on one of my one of my lists probably for, for sort of army war based stuff. And I know obviously you have a history being within the army and suicide prevention in and around um discharged army soldiers and all that. So what what is your thought on war stuff considering you've been in the forces? You know, I, I like it. I think this is also something that I was talking to somebody recently about, like how many people watch TV shows about the same career field they're in, you know? So, um, I, I do think it's probably one of the top military movies that is talked about. And I mean, you McGregor, if you're listening and one day, if we're both single, I'm here for you. Okay. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think I, I think it was still a good movie. Uh, a lot of it is it, it kind of we talked about previously. We're like based on a true story, right? It's cool for me. It's cool to see stories being told about the military that can expand our community's knowledge of what the military is and what people do in the military and all these stories of like this crazy acts of bravery and stuff. So. The military movies, I don't really think of them as action. I think of them as like storytelling of my time in the military and my family's time in the military. So it's, it is cool. I know a lot of my veteran military friends, there's a little bit of a divide. They'll watch them, but then there's some people who my mom can't, she can't, uh, it's too triggering for her. So she doesn't, she's just like, nope, nope, nope. I'm not going to see any kind of war movies, you know, and she'll ask me if I see one, is it going to make me cry? Is it like a sad one? Because I don't want to see one that's going to make me cry and is sad. So, um, yeah, it's. I think it's a really uh, well-told story. I like it. That's a really nice touch, actually. I like the true story aspect of it, and also, you know, would you watch something that you're in the, in the industry already? And and that's why I'm really glad to yeah to hear your your thoughts on that because I don't have any any relationship to any of these these kind of storylines but i just think it yeah it was very well made ridley scott is brilliant we're going to be doing his top eight soon a couple of episodes time and uh great yeah great casting lineup and yeah really really good film so yeah fair play lynn should definitely be on there right in third place is the matrix hey directed by lana and lily wachowski 
um, uh, starring Keanu Reeves, Lawrence Fishburne, and Carrie and Moss. When a beautiful stranger leads computer hacker Neo to a forbidden underworld, he discovers a shocking truth. The life he knows is the elaborate deception of an eagle, evil cyber intelligence. Right, everybody knows about Matrix in some way or another. I think of its time, the storyline was so different and so out there. People are like, what? It's like proper fantasy, but of the digital age. It's like, what is going on? And I think that put it in good stead and springboarded Keanu's career after um, after uh, Wayne, Wayne's World, which has had a, had a reboot, didn't it, recently? But yeah, what, what, are you a Matrix girl or how, how are you feeling about all of that? Seems. Oh, losing more brownie points. I know. Oh, yeah. It never clicked for me. I think this also goes back to like when it came out and when it came out and the age I was that I just, I don't know. So when the new one came out, of course, my husband wanted to go see it. We saw it with one of his other friends that loved it. And I was like, I don't really remember like any of this. <laughs> and then I went to a Matrix trivia with a bunch of friends because I was like, why not torture myself more? Um, not that it's bad. I just, I don't know. I just, yeah. I didn't click with it. I didn't connect with it very well. So I'm going to lose a lot of brownie points with people for that one too. But, you know, there we go. The truth Look, is out there. There are thousands <laughs> of films. God knows how many series. You can't be into all of them. Um, and I, I'm i I'm 50-50. I really enjoyed it. I'm 50-50 on the, plan, on the fence. They're really well made. I really kind of found it stories really interesting. It was very different at the time. And if I went back and watched it now, I'm sure the story would still like, oh my God, this is really cool. A bit like Inception, like what? Um, and you can watch it multiple times trying to figure it out. And I really like that journey too. And it's become an iconic thing like, are we living in the matrix? You know, it's become a like a socialized message that we can all now use about what is life to us. And are we living in the matrix? Is this all real? Is fate real? So it was actually quite... Um, life-affirming topic all in all so in second place is red directed by robert shawinke i don't know i'm sorry starring bruce willis helen mirren and morgan freeman legend when his peaceful life is threatened by high-tech assassins former black ops agent frank moses reassembles his old team in a last ditch effort to survive and uncover his assailants what i do remember about this film i have seen it and it was actually and i really enjoyed it was how epic Helen Mirren was in it and how she keeps playing these really cool characters. Um, just like a, a British, an older British actress, but she just nails it when she goes crazy. So yeah, what are your thoughts on Red? Oh yeah, I definitely I definitely enjoy her as an actress for sure. I liked Red, is that surprising? I think it's an action, but it's also kind of a comedy. And didn't they come out? There's a second one too, right? I'm pretty sure. There's, There's a Red a too, yeah. 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 So I, th I thought it was fun, but I think... It, I think it was a good mixture of that comedy and action piece and a, a lot of great actors and actresses and like you said, taking on the, the, these fun roles. Uh, so I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it, I thought it was a good one. Even the second one, I enjoyed the second one as well. So the thing is, you know, you can have action and it be fun, but you also need a fairly decent script and good character casting. I think that's what this film got right. It got the good cast. It actually had a quite good script. The comedy wasn't too naff. So it was, all those components are really important. As soon as you lose one of those things, the audience drops out a bit. So um, I think they just nailed it. Probably just the casting alone was what probably took over the line. Because it could have quite easily been like a B movie with yeah. um, lesser cast members. But, you know, if you can convince these people to be in these things, it gives it a leg up, doesn't it? Oh, for um, sure. So, yeah, that's a really, really good one. Um, and one I hadn't really remembered. So fair play to her. Thank you, Lynn. 
And in first place for the first ever top eight listeners list, one of my favorite films of all time, spoiler alert, John Wick, directed by Chad Selinsky, David Leach, starring Keanu Reeves, Lance Riddick, Willem Dafoe, and Alfie Allen. An ex-hitman comes out of retirement to track down the gangsters who killed his dog and stole his car. Right, the story sounds ridiculous. John Wick's such a legend and he's such an amazing fighter. How dare you kill his dog and take his car? And all four films are up there for me because the fight scenes are unreal. He's killed 409 people in four films. I know all this stuff. He does 90% of his own stunts. And a third of the film, he just says the one word, yeah, nothing else. What a legend. Um, so what are your thoughts on John Wick, another series popping up on the episodes? My husband really likes it. <laughs> I, Is this I the first time where I'm going to get sad about my co-host? I know. I, I did not connect with these ones at all. So as you're talking about how much you love them, I'm like, well, I have enjoyed the extra information you put out there. And I think we joked about how I said, oh, maybe that's why I don't like it, because there's like hardly any talking. But I don't know. I just, we, this came up on the TV um, a, a week or so ago, and I was like, oh, it's John Wick. I know how much Andrew wants to watch this, so I guess I'll watch it. And I was just like, eh, like, I don't know. And just, yeah, sorry. No, it's fine. I think there is literally, there's a bit of a story, but it's very much about mm. this most amazing man who just kicks ass and is awesome <laughs> going to take down the bad guys. And that's, kind of what it is but in that genre the director and the makers they nail it just if you're into that genre of film this nails it and that's why it's so good and so cult iconic um because it's just the fight scenes are the choreography is unreal and it's so well filmed and it's so stylish and you can sit there and just bathe in it it's like you're bathing in cinematography um I think that's it mostly because there isn't much of a story to it. But, you know, if you love your pets, your animals, there's a little buy in there, dead dog. There's and then a as funny the... spoof where it's the dog that goes after everyone. Oh, I like that. Like, you might have to look it up or if I see it again, I'll send it over to you now that I know that you well, love John Wick. <laughs> maybe that'll make its way into the top eight yeah. films about animals. Oh, <laughs> yeah. But uh, but no, thank you so much, Lynn. That was a really, really cool list yeah. um, and really, really interesting. And we've got more of her list coming up, everybody. So you can send as many lists as you want. Well, we're, we're easy. Send us loads. Um, yeah. If you've got really niche stuff, I'd love that. Really niche. Uh, one specific thing, you know, yeah. like films based in the woods. You know, just, just have fun. Go niche. Yeah. Um, and yeah, we want to start off today with a bit of a legendary actor, um, obviously High School and Films, and then a real film lovers list. So thank you everybody for being involved. Um, thank you Jessica Rose for being on the show. And how are you feeling about this? You think this is going to be a goer? Yeah, I hope you don't kick me off because I don't like John Wick. <laughs> You're fine. You're fine for now. But... I, uh... For now, and so we're gonna, he's going to start taking notes. You guys, save me. Be like, please don't. No. No, I'm kidding. He'll be like, she hates all my favorite movies. Wouldn't that be crazy if our top eight list, like neither of us liked each other's top eight, like that would be something pretty crazy. That'll have to be some kind of like New Year's special or something. I'm yeah. gonna I'm gonna hold off a lot of my top eights for a good while. I'm gonna let other people do that first. Okay, guys, welcome back. So now we're going to jump into our first list from our resident film reviewer, Mike Morgan, who so happens to be my dad. So let's find out more about Mike. 
So Mike was a film reviewer for the Glamorgan Gem in Cardiff from 1989 until 1992. Then later in 1992, he went on to Bristol Observer, the weekly newspaper, and he reviewed until 2003. And obviously been on this journey with my dad as well. So he actually won an award for Film Review of the Year, or Film Critic of the Year, which sits proudly on the mantelpiece at my one of my family homes. And uh, and yeah, we used to watch films together all the time. We used to go to advanced showings of films, and that's what my childhood was made of. And that's kind of when I fell in love with them, really. So it's going to be really cool to go back through all of his lists from the last 30-plus years. So in every other episode, we will do that. So we're going to start from last year and work our way back. So these are his top eight films from 2022. In eighth place is Living. Set in 1950s London, a humourless council bureaucrat, Williams, paid brilliantly by British acting royalty, Bill Nighy, who finds out by his doctor that his time in life is so close to the end. But due to his meeting with a very modern and vibrant young lady, Margaret Harris, his whole attitude to helping the next generation is beautifully altered by his legacy, is helped by the character change. A small budget British gem from the director, Oliver Hermanus. So yeah, I haven't seen pretty much any of the films on this top eight because I don't tend to do the cinema much these days, catch up on everything on Amazon Prime and such like. So as these lists get released, I'll be finding it easier to um, share my thoughts on movies. I'm hoping these little reviews will really help you get a sense of what these films are and if you want to check them out. In seventh place is Whitney Houston, a very joyous, emotional and heartbreaking life of music icon Whitney Houston, played by the rising Brit actress Naomi Eki, who delivers a supreme performance, even though the real Whitney's voice is used for 95% of the film throughout. See, I'm a big fan of sort of biopics, um, especially recently we've had some amazing ones, haven't we, um, about legendary musical artists. And I think when you're in the mood for such a movie, there's there's plenty to choose from, and this sounds really good, so I'm really looking forward to watching it when it comes through. So yeah, thanks, Dad, for that one. In sixth place is Belfast. Once again, Kenneth Branagh directs a story which is partly based on his own childhood growing up in the sectarian conflict in Ireland, during the late 60s and early 70s, but told through a young nine-year-old boy, played by the extraordinary new talent, Jude Hill, with Dame Judi Dench and Jamie Doran part of the Irish historical period, the film delivers on every level of seriousness and ironic humour. Yeah, I've heard some really good things about Belfast, and I'm really, really keen to watch it. I think I've got quite a lot of homework here from from this and from episode one when I, you know, we discovered that I hadn't seen Avatar one and two, the only ones I hadn't seen on the lists. Um, I started making a start on that, so I started watching Avatar today and it's very good. But yeah, Belfast will certainly be on one of my uh, one of my lists. In fifth place is The Menu, an unbelievable conclusion for a group of wealthy and admiring guests who turn up for a culinary meal from the highly regarded and famous gourmet chef, Julian Slowick, played by Ralph Fiennes. So deceiving in its opening storyline to a very dark, explosive demeanour. I must say I did not see what would happen when Julian is on course to gain revenge for what has happened to the chef over the years, and payback will be sealed. This sounds quite intense. I'm not sure if it's going to be on the side of a little bit scary, because I don't do well with scary. 
but from the trailers I've seen, it does look amazing. Um, and will keep you on the edge of your seat, which if you're in the mood for it, is a really good thing. So I might make a start on it and see how I get on. But yeah, thanks, Dad. That's great. In fourth place is Good Luck to You, Leo Grande. A really brilliantly scripted two characters only story where we see Nancy Stokes, played by Emma Thompson, play a retired teacher trying to find a post-marital sexual awakening with a compassionate sex worker, played by Daryl McCormack. What we find over the film within a hotel is a beautiful and surprising human connection. It works on every level of humour, awkwardness and perfect acting between both actors. This sounds really, really cool. Um, I don't know much about it. I haven't seen the trailer yet, but I'm certainly, certainly, I'm certainly going to go through and watch trailers for all of these. But that sounds really interesting. Emma Thompson is amazing. So I'm not surprised this is so high up. Looks really, really cool. In third place is Avatar 2 Way of Water. Well, it's been a long wait since the first film. In fact, 2009. Another fantastic creation from James Cameron. That sees Jake Sully, played by Sam Worthington and his family, living happily on Pandora for several years after repelling the RDA invasion. But the aggressors are back to capture Pandora. Epic special effects via CGI that worked for a full three hours of entertainment. So as you know from episode one, I haven't seen Avatar 1 or 2, so I will be making a start on those in the next week or two so I can share with you my thoughts. It sounds epic. It's in some of the highest grossing films of all time, so there has to be a reason for that. So I'm looking forward to finding out more, um, and I'll share all with you once I have. In second place is Banshees of Insurin. Insurin? I'm not sure if I'm saying that quite correctly, but this is that very, very well critically acclaimed um, Colin Farrell movie. Let's find out a bit more. Set on a remote island off the west coast of Ireland, we see the lifelong friendship between Patrick, Colin Farrell, and Colm, Brendan Gleeson, end unexpectedly with no apparent reason on Colm's side. What transpires is a very dark and baffling conclusion. It's a brilliant script from the ace director Martin McDonoghue, who wrote and directed Oscar-winning Free Billboards. Now, I've heard interesting sort of mixed reviews on this one. Some people found it a bit depressing, but I've also heard really good stuff about just as a piece of filmmaking script, the way it's acted being absolutely amazing. Um, and Free, Free Billboards was really good, really, really good. I really enjoyed that. So I would like to sort of have a look. And Colin Farrell's brilliant, and he doesn't tend to make bad choices. So um, I look forward to watching this one. And in first place in Mike's films of 2022 is Elvis. And he says it had to be his film of 2022 with an extraordinary portrayal of Elvis by actor Austin Butler, who actually sings in the biopic, although Elvis's voice is used within his amazing Las Vegas scenes. Tom Hanks is brilliant also as the manipulative and unlikable manager Colonel Parker. Director Baz Luhrmann captures the brilliant rock and roll star brilliantly 100%. Yeah, I've heard great things about Elvis. As we said earlier, biopics on musicians is always a pretty safe bet. It sounds like this is being made and created in a really wonderful way. And Baz Luhrmann's you know, work precedes him. So I'm sure it's, uh, it's up there. So I have got a lot of films to watch. But thank you so much, Dad, for sharing all of this with me and the audience. It's been very, very interesting. And we've had the 2021 list come through. He sent it to me. Um, I've seen a lot more of those. Um, and there's a lot on there that I really like. So I'm looking forward to releasing that one with you in episode four. I hope this has been useful. You might be able to look at these eight films, see what you've seen, what you've not seen, or what you might like to watch. 
um, and go on a journey with that. And it's just really good to have somebody that's been, you know, on and off writing films for over three decades. Um, adds a bit of credibility to the show, which is really, really fun. So, yeah, I hope you enjoyed that list. And we have another 34 or 35 lists from my dad to come. And then we can move on to some more mixed lists of his from over the years. So that's it. Thanks so much, guys, for tuning in to episode two. Uh, we are very new to this, the structure. We're going to roll it out, but it's looking like what we're going to be doing is doing a top actor, top actress type lists in one episode alongside a list from the industry, e.g. highest score movies of all time. would be one kind of episode, so you're going to be looking at about 15 minutes, something like that, for an episode like that. Then every episode in between will be a list from a listener or someone from the community or a friend of mine. So we'll be going through the top eight of a person that listens to the show and supports the show, and then also look at Mike's top eight films from a certain year. So that should break up nicely for you guys, give you plenty of content, and really shines a light on the personal lists of film watchers in those episodes every other time, which I really, really like. We will be sharing our polls as well. When me and Jessica Rose do shows together, we will be sharing all the results from the polls that I put out on Instagram stories. So should you want to get involved, head over to Instagram at top underscore eight underscore media, and you can get involved in the polls and uh, make an impact on the results, which would be amazing. If you have any top eight lists you'd love to share, head over to Instagram and DM it to me, and then I will schedule it into an upcoming episode and let you know when that will be. So thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Send us your top eight list today to top underscore eight underscore media on Instagram today. If you find it too hard to create your top eight of all time, then why not a top eight from a certain actor, actress, genre, or director? You can even make it more niche. For example, the top eight films set in space. Your list could inspire. So join the top eight media contributors today. Thank you for listening and we will see you next week.